Welcome to Snapchats with my younger self. My name is Monique Callender, and I am the younger self. And I'm Karen Thomas, who today is going to try to put a little snap into this chat. You are now listening to an intergenerational advice show or Wisdom for the Ages. Ooh, so what are we going to be wise and talk about today? <laughs> uh, well, glad you asked. Yes. Uh, I've been... <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about um, education. Mm, well, um, that will make your parents very happy. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, well, I I have been uh, reasonably well educated in my lifetime so far. Um, I've been to a really great middle school and high school. Um, did my undergraduate uh, at Santa Monica College and at AUP, and now I'm finishing my master's. Um, but I wanted to talk about education because I hear the word education being thrown around a lot uh, in regards to current events, uh, George Floyd, uh, racial inequality in the U.S., uh, systemic racism, white supremacy ideology. Um, these are a lot of things that people are learning about now and being educated about. Um, but I wasn't really educated about these things growing up. Um, and, and there's a call for better education, but that's usually where, <laughs> where the call stops. Um, and there's no real clarification on what people mean by that. Mm. So I guess you've learned a whole lot in the yeah. last two weeks. You 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 you've gotten a crash course, <laughs> microwave version of uh, what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I I not just me, everybody, right? Like yes, everybody's yes, receiving I, this crash course education. Yeah, um, yeah. So what younger self? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, but what have we learned, boys and girls? What have we learned? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, it's unclear. Like, what do people mean when they're talking about needing to have better education? Yeah, so that can go very broad or very narrow. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I think on one hand, um, you know, I was involved in very recently, um, last night, in fact, um, that I really couldn't sleep well last night because I feel like the younger generation is feeling the burden of society um, saying to them now, and maybe not so much in earnest all the time, like, you have to teach us what we don't know about racism. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> We, we have to yeah <laughs> yeah um, okay okay colonizers uh, <laughs> yeah I have what the I heck have, <laughs> I have had I have had in my lifetime not just recently I have had a lot of white people ask me to teach them um like everything they need to know and it's like you know, I can't really do that in a short conversation um, or even a long one. <laughs> yeah, there's no uh, cliff notes. It, it takes more than that. <laughs> yeah. Breaking news, there's no cliff notes. It's a, it's for a that. broad topic. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah and I'm I'm kind of tired you know like I do I do want to educate my friends with love especially those who are brave enough to to ask um but I do feel like there's more that could be done before the asking happens um as far as education um and I haven't seen it quite yet mm-hmm. you know I, I will say that um you know sincerely I know we joke around a lot and we really try to keep it light but it's a really heavy duty subject um because less and less students are really being prepared to go to college right and the requirements mm. are getting stiffer and stiffer but yet the environments mm. Um, from a sociological standpoint, have become far different. You know, um, like, mm. our, is our education system really aligned with real life? Yeah, that's a really good point, Karen. Um, I'm not sure that it is, actually. Um, and it's, it's, it's difficult to, because there's so many different ways that it's not, it's not like just one thing that you can point to and say, change this. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, first of all, hats off to educators because schools, whether they are, you know, our neighborhood schools or whether they're colleges now have to do far more things that, that take on the responsibility that we're in other places in society just like the issue of security, mm. right? So there are white kids shooting up schools and there are fights breaking out in black schools. So no one is exempt mm-hmm. from now having to provide security, right? And mm. there's trauma now for students associated with all of the things that are happening in schools. You know, kids are scared to go to school now. From the university level, you know, um, parents are worried about, I'm spending $50,000 to send my kid to college, and I got to be worried about their safety, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's an outgrowth of some Even in elementary schools. Yeah, right? Because there's a drill that you have to do once a month, you know? And how do we get kids to really fathom that? Like, you now we just don't do fire drills. We have to do lockdown drills in every school. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the government mm-hmm. has gotten involved in these things. And now we have to educate the educators. And it's not that's not the school I went to. And you're not where I am, you know, mm. digitally, but um, <laughs> it's, it's not the school you went to, but it's the school my grandkids are going to. And, you know, if you have children one day, it'll be the school that they go to. Right. So our political decisions have impacted, you know, the broadest, the broadest system in our country, which is the schools. Yeah. Yeah, the schools. I mean, the schools are lacking for sure um, in what's being taught. I think earlier we were discussing this and um, you were telling me that a lot of schools don't even have the budget or capacity to teach much more than um, like math and language skills, like literature and English and things like that. Um, but what's troubling is that even if that's all you're teaching, there are still uh, racist lessons somehow baked into um, 
even something as simple as a, a, a word problem in math class. Um, and, and this is not something I'm making up. This is documented. Yeah, no, that's, that's real. Uh, I, I believe by the Washington Post, um, I found out about this during some research for an article I was writing about white fragility uh, for the peacock plume. And, Which is a student uh, and it was newspaper appalling to at me, AUP, you know, right? that, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sorry, yes. Um, it was appalling to me that, that you would even have such racist word problems um, in a math class, but also, you know, black literature is not being taught. I really feel like, um, you know, yes, maybe Shakespeare is, is amazing, but there's got to be something that's been written since Shakespeare and um, and what like Romeo and Juliet and I know he didn't write it but Dracula uh, like why are we still reading these books in in <laughs> high school uh, they, like there's I mean between then and now no black writers have written anything that could teach the same material uh, in a better way probably. So um, I struggle with that. Yeah. So just to give you hope, younger um, self, but it, some curriculums have have included black and brown authors and black and brown stories, um, and more uh, international even uh, stories that come out of Indian mm. culture, um, Native American culture, Asian mm. culture. Um, so so there is a there's mm-hmm. a, a, a lot of movement toward that, and there's accessibility because you don't need a book anymore. You can download it on the internet, right? For your phone. And every student has a phone, right? But um, most <laughs> but of them, resources yeah. that sh- could be going to directly to the student now have to be used for things they didn't have to be used for before. Cause now we got to feed students. We got to keep them safe. We got to, parents are working different kinds of hours and more just to make, to be working poor and make a living, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that that mm-hmm. really is the teachers yeah. too. Like hats off to to educators. They are underpaid. Um, and I know anybody who's listening mm. to this from my former life is going to be, well, you were part of that. Okay, so guilty, <laughs> guilty. But uh, you know, <laughs> teachers deserve. And I'm not going to call it combat pay because it's not combat. They deserve. Right, a different, uh, you know, um, salary level because they impact lives every single minute of every single yeah. day. Children are the future. Yeah, um, but you know that actually brings me to another really good point. Um, in the like, yes, there's more being put upon teachers, but at the same time, um, learning doesn't only happen in the classroom. You know, like that's just one place where people can learn. And I think actually people learn more outside of the classroom. Like, yes, you can have a lesson with a teacher who's amazing and it'll stick with you for your your whole life. Uh, But more often than not, especially when it comes to issues about race, uh, people are learning these lessons in the street. in the movies, on the radio, um, they're hearing about black on black crime, but we don't ever hear about white on white crime, um, which, you know, like, yeah, white people do commit crimes. <laughs> you know, like, it's not just the, yeah, people. ask the people in Minnesota. So, they know. But like, 
but we're hearing about it and it's accepted and it's normalized, you know, and um, I think it's really important that the attitude towards education is shifted away from just what you learn in the classroom and, and that once you're done with school, whether you finished at high school or, or bachelor's degree or master's degree, that you're done learning. Um, and that's just not the case. Yeah, um, I mean, so I'm really, you know, <laughs> no, life is one teachable moment after the next, right? There's always something you can learn out of every situation, whether it's whether it's a home run or whether it's a strikeout. There's always something mm. to learn. And if we don't look at situations in that way, regardless of where we are or who we are, I mean, you know, I think for school administrators as well as our political representatives now that the last two weeks or the last three months this year, oh my God, has been mm. A, mm. a lesson in life and how fast things can change. And you've got to be able to yes. respond to that change because change happens faster now than it's ever, ever happened. You know, if this year has taught us <laughs> anything, it should teach us that, right? Um, yeah, you know, and mm -hmm. how important modeling is to learning, because you follow leadership. We're seeing that at sixteen hundred Black Lives Matter Plaza right now. <laughs> uh, we we are. Yeah, you know, good examples or bad examples. We're seeing it. We are up seeing close it. and personal, a little bit too personal, you know. Um, but I think the other thing is, you know, we're all focused on the, the election in June, but school board elections have the lowest voter turnout for the biggest budget in every city. Like, how does, how does that happen? Where are our priorities? You know, I didn't even know about that. So yeah, school board elections happen in June before the general election. Correct. They they up and pop. Wow. <laughs> I could have been affecting change just by voting for your school in my local election. Yeah. Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I did not know most that. school boards do not have educators on them. So you have people making, you know, well-intentioned citizens making decisions mm. about a subject they don't know anything about. That's number one. And yeah. schools are the, the largest employers in any city, right? Think about it. There's more teachers in every mm -hmm. city than there are mm -hmm. firemen mm -hmm. or policemen, or sometimes firemen and policemen combined. The schools have more real estate in any city. Every city has multiple school buildings and we know how big they are, right? So they take up more real estate, mm -hmm. they control more real estate in every city. And so therefore they have a bigger budget, you know, but um, then I don't want to harp on this, but even as big as those budgets seem, they're still inadequate, clearly, mm -hmm. when we look at the results that we're getting. So maybe it isn't really about money, but I think it's important that people come out and, and vote. And, you know, in my city of Newark, there are some hella young people on that school board. So shout out to to uh, uh, the two young ladies who are under 30 
and have taken on the responsibility of taking back their educational system in their city. Um, so those younger cells are doing it for themselves, you know? Um, wow. Yes. Bravo. You're studying in a foreign country for a degree. Like what, what about education pushed you and propelled you to do that? And, and how's that going? <laughs> what propelled me to study in a foreign country? Yep. Um, curiosity about the rest of the world. Um, I have always maintained that I've learned more in these last almost four years in Paris than I did in my whole life growing up in the U.S. I moved to Paris when I was almost when I was 29 years old. Um, and it really opened my eyes. And I do, I, I think that's why I'm so passionate about education because I came to Paris and I started to unlearn a lot of the things that I had been taught growing up. Um, and that's a really big part of education too. It's, it's not just learning things. It's not just stuffing facts into your brain. It's unlearning the things that you have learned are wrong. Um, or outdated. Um, and it's a constant flow of information in and out of your mind. Um, and I, I'm passionate about that because I feel like being better educated about the world and about the issues that affect all of us has made me a better person. Um, and I want that for others. And so <laughs> I want them to have the opportunity to become a better person. And I think that's probably a good place to snap this chat to a close. <laughs> you know, as an educator at heart, as a retired educator, this subject is very, very, uh, uh, very close and dear to my heart. But to hear you talk about opportunities and how it's broadened makes me feel like there's hope uh, with our younger selves. So I'm Karen Thomas, and thank you for joining us. And I'm Monique Callender. Join us again next week when we will be talking about whatever happened this week. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week. <laughs>